we're gonna have to cut that out too because I can't use the same punchline at the beginning of every single recording. Why not? I mean, I can. Yeah, it's branding, it's man. Just, it's it's not good television, Tom. Thankfully, this isn't television. Neither of us yeah, are pretty enough it's, for television. And it's not good. That tells you how bad it is. <laughs> it's even bad television. We've we've both got faces that were just made for radio and podcasts. Love it. Like that's how yes. we are. It is how we are. All right. Welcome everybody to Two Dads Talking. Uh, so I, I wanted to start off. I, I was talking with Tom obviously right before we we started recording, and the last um, couple of uh, hours of of this podcast, you may have noted that. I really want to talk about the wildfires in Maui um, to the point where even I was annoyed with myself listening. I was like, dude, <laughs> just shut up about the wildfires. Um, so I thought about it and I thought, um, Tom, that we should talk about the wildfires. I like it. I think that's a hot take and I like it. <laughs> so, we, so we can get this bad television rolling. Well, I am tragically uninformed on the finer details in the wildfires. So uh, why don't you just take the mic and run with this one? Wonderful. Well, I'm uninformed still too, somehow it's, you know, and I think that's part of, uh, so my hot hot take is that there's definitely something here. Um, as with every good conspiracy theory, there's all these sensational things that get out and sound really good slash bad for the theory. And most of the time, if you actually look like, Oh, did he marry his cousin kind of thing? And like, and you can Google it in two seconds. It'll be like, uh, no, actually he didn't. It was, you know, by adoption or whatever, like that kind of thing. Like, you know, you can always dispel the theory. Tom's face that he's making right now is fantastic. It was just a random example. It doesn't have okay. anything to do with any. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what did I miss? Um, who married? You, wow, you cousin? are really uninformed. You had no idea what happened in these fires. Did you, nope. sir? So the things that are being said about this, the, the Maui wildfire. So just to, to, I, I, to catch up anybody who's less aware of this. So in Maui, uh, Hawaii, there rather suddenly uh, some wildfires started popping up and it was bad. Um, the, the initial reporting was that the alarms didn't go off. The warning system that, that usually pushes to people's phones did not push. And because of the fires, kids were sent home early from school and parents didn't know because of all the notification stuff and and the long and the short of it is that there was some estimation that like maybe literally a thousand kids or at least hundreds of kids died in homes in wildfires because there was no reason to go anywhere there was supposedly one or two roads main roads off the island like out of out of the area of the fires and the police had them blocked off for some sort of road work that's more or less it was just essentially every single form of redundancy warning failed and lots of death slash lots of missing kids it got worse when people were asking like the mayor what about these missing kids and they weren't just saying we don't know they were kind of telling people to piss off for those of you who are joe biden fans there's that little clip of him uh about to leave and a reporter yells to him about you know mr president what do you think about the the maui fires and he says no comment and he obviously says no comment but the worst part is that he has some sort of like smirk at the end right before he gets in and, and that's just people said he didn't hear it but doesn't look good either way if you didn't hear something why are you saying no comment and smirking so for me i mean it is bad that they're now backtracking and saying you know the death toll was lower than expected 
it's turning into one of those good old conspiracy theories like you know 9-11 loose change or like the las vegas stuff where there's people in every corner of everything you know assuming you know that it's it's all an inside type of hit job um the two things that are verifiable though that do kind of mess with me is every celebrity who has a fair amount of acreage on this this island literally none of their land got touched and okay that's possible and and it could also be they have better land they have better sites they have better redundancies of their own that they that they were able to pay for for something like this but it does look bad when the figures are something like for example 2000 acres of land and oprah owns 800 of it and not a single acre of her land burned when like you know four or six hundred acres burned like when you have like a quarter of the island burning and the person who owns a third of it didn't get touched that starts to look weird and there are some confirmed sales now of some of those investment groups like blackrock and everything else and oprah buying up some of this burnt land now too i think is what they're they're starting to lean in on so that is a bad look the other thing is you know who the sheriff is for all this the same guy who was the sheriff during the las vegas massacre really he moved to be sheriff down there and there's more stuff that you can go down the rabbit hole but i that's just again one of those things that is not in and of itself an issue but for two very large-scale destructive loss of life things that got a lot of news for this guy to be sort of the head law enforcement person in charge in both is pretty what are the odds is all i'll say to that hey everyone putting in a correction here he was not the sheriff at las vegas he was the incident commander at the las vegas incident anyway carry on so there's my hot take i think there's something going on there um at the very least if it's not nefarious there's definitely stuff that that they're not telling us there's at least some sort of malfunction or or some sort of proof that that at least emergency systems were i think someone said ah, it's not a big deal you know don't send it out kind of thing and then it got worse or something malfunctioned after the fact and now they're just trying to duck and cover so at the very least someone's ass should be on the line for this and they're trying to hide it wasn't it a few years ago that they had um on the main island there in hawaii that they had sort of a an erroneous alarm about an incoming intercontinental yes. missile that was yes. Hawaii, right? That was their alert yeah, it system. Was. It was. It was their alert system. And and they and and the, they basically said, oopsie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, in um is it naked gun? No, it's an airplane when um the they're trying to line up the plane for landing and then suddenly all the landing lights go out and it shows the Johnny guy holding the the cord and he goes yeah. just kidding and plugs it back in like they made it sound like that like oh someone just accidentally like tripped and hit the wrong button and sent out a missile incoming you're all gonna die like there's and it's no big no yeah, there's no way that that should be even up there needs to be at least three mistakes <laughs> for something like that to go out incorrectly. So your system is at least poorly designed, but you're right. That did happen. Yeah, that was good. I think maybe there's a problem there on the Island with the infrastructure. I think maybe there's something that's, that's a bigger issue there. And if that's the case, then it would make sense that the, you know, the billionaire and Oprah and the other multimillionaires who can afford to have 
you know, a lot of water redundancy systems and anti-fire systems. Like it would make sense in that case that their their stuff doesn't burn when other people does. That makes sense to me. A lot for their probably that for that at least. Yeah. But then they it's come still on a the, bad look to come yeah. out and buy it all after it's all burned and basically steal people's land out from under them for pennies on the dollar. It's kind of how that yeah. feels. I don't think it's just them though. I think because uh, the trendy thing is to hate BlackRock right now, which I mean, sure. They're an enormous investment fund. I mean, you think their fingers aren't going to be in a lot of pies. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to automatically jump on that bandwagon. But, yeah, it's it's not a good look to to have any of this land transfer quickly. No. Um, what I do know is it's also a bad look when you have Oprah and Dwayne Johnson being like, oh, help the families here where we live when we're, lit- well, in Oprah's case, literally a billionaire. Like, I don't, you know, you hear every day about how billionaires should share their wealth and she could literally like fix up half the island and have it at least only make a small dent. And instead they're asking other people for money. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's her money. She can do what she wants with it. And yeah, she, well, she owned a house. She owned a house in my hometown for a long, long time. down on the beach. Taylor Swift does now. I'm hoping to see Travis Kelsey and Ryan Reynolds at some point next summer. That's my hope. That's why you wanted to trade for him. In fantasy, <laughs> that's exactly. So you're right. like, dude, I own you. <laughs> I, I don't like, think what? that would play very well, but uh, but it's worth a try. <laughs> he probably hears it all the time. Uh, maybe he's a big guy. I bet there's not a lot of guys that are. He can't that. assault everybody, Tom. Like he'll probably. You don't, but, the but statistics you don't say you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to get the biggest one, and then no one else wants to say it to you. <laughs> well, that's not you, luckily. Well, so that there's there's my Maui hot take. Apologies to everyone, including myself, for how annoying I was. It's all right. We just edit it. We just cut it all well, in editing. It's fine. It was one of those like I I had just enough fresh in the brain to be like, ah, this is a good topic. It'll cover it. You know, it'll 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 help round things off. You know, because we like to be the the super negative death podcast. So let's finish with that kind of thing. And and we just never got to it, which was probably a good thing. Anyway, well, we we're going to talk about football too. Since we're gonna turn into one of those podcasts, also, we should have we should have talked last week. F- football last week would have been a lot happier for for both of us. It, it would have been, yeah. It was a real rough this week for both my Dolphins and your Browns this week. Yeah, that was awful. I I was. This is gonna sound awful because it's gonna sound like I'm complaining. But, you know, Sunday, uh, spending a day with the kids, we went to the pool, community center, had a great time, you know. But then we're on the playground afterwards, and I am sitting there kind of like, you know, I really wanted to watch this game <laughs> this week. And <laughs> and I'm just watching my kids play. And again, I sound like a terrible parent right now for wanting to eventually get back to the TV. But then I get back, and I see 21 to 3 for the start of the third quarter. And I'm like, whoa, what happened? Yep. And then I see uh, whatever his name is, Dorian um, Robinson or whatever, our, our backup, our, our rookie in. And I'm like, oh, no, what happened to Deshaun Watson? Which, you know, again, don't care how you feel about the guy personally. He's our starting quarterback. So, like, that's our best performance as, as a team on the field. And then I come to find out that he didn't even play. I'm, like, researching on my phone afterwards. So, like, oh, I actually wasted all this energy for nothing. If I knew that he wasn't even going to start, I would have just, oh, yeah, sure. Let's play at the park all day. I don't even care right now. <laughs> just chalk this one up and and, and move yeah. on to the park. Yeah, so that was a double, that was like a double whammy. It was like I, I had all this annoyance with wanting to get in front of the game, and then I had annoyance from even bothering to get to the game. Yeah. 
No, I was looking very much, uh, very much looking forward to the Dolphins Bills game. I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be, you know, if the Dolphins win that game, I can say, all right, you guys are for real this year. You know, you're not just picking on the the bad teams, you're not just beating mediocre teams on the road. You're you beat the Bills in Buffalo, and you're a good team. Right. And I was very excited about it, but we had such a hard week here last week. That come Sunday, honestly, my brain wasn't on football at all. I uh, I didn't get to watch most of the game. I I got to tune in for a little bit of the first quarter, um, and a little bit of the third, but I really I just didn't care. I was very numb to it all. It was all of my emotional energy was kind of invested elsewhere. And I was definitely tied up And my physical energy. I was, I was wiped. It was a rough week last week and I was just drained by Sunday. There was nothing left in the tank for my dolphins. So, so be it. And they lost one. They lost to a good team in their stadium. I'll watch them this week. They'll go ahead and blow the giants out by like 45 or 50 points. And then, you know, we get the Panthers the week after that, and that should be another destructive game. And then after that, I think we have a tough game. So it's the NFL, though. You'll like blow other teams out of the water that end up making the playoffs, and then you'll come up against like the Panthers and lose by two scores just because because there's like one matchup that's somehow enormously bad for you and nobody else. <laughs> See, the Dolphins are usually that team that like you know ruined the Dolphin the the Patriots right. last shot or it's it's yeah it's it's weird that my Dolphins are actually a good team and they got to to get their heads mm-hmm. smashed by someone. But no, we we've, we've got it's heavy stuff different. in this house, so yeah. Just uh, tuning into football is going to be a challenge for the next week. On that depressing note, yeah, go Dolphins, go Browns. <laughs> I need each of you to suck a Wait, little bit. Wait, so are you guys? Um, are you guys three and one now? Right? Yeah, because you were you were undefeated before. Yeah, they beat before San Diego on the road, and they beat New England on right. the road, and then they destroyed right. Denver at home. Like I think they're still scoring points in that game. I think the towel boy just ran league. one in. You've been making that joke all week in fantasy. I think they're still scoring. I don't think they've stopped against Denver yet. I mean, you could make that joke if they scored the highest ever, but they didn't. They were two points shy or three points shy or something. Only because they took a <laughs> knee and decided not to kick a field goal and break it. You didn't see that? I mean, I, I no, I, I heard about it. Uh, facts are facts, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they still didn't. Yep. Just because your team decided to Maurice Jones drew doesn't doesn't change the stat line. That's fair. That is absolutely fair. That's what we should do. We should go pick out some of the most fun slash least fun stats of football and just run with them the whole the whole time and talk about them. Because you know you want to know my favorite awful stat is as a Browns fan highest number of career butt fumbles. Oh, those are the Jets. Sorry, Never oh, mind. those are the Jets. <laughs> Who was it? Mark Sanchez actually had a funny tweet. It was some some quarterback fumbled because he ran into his own guy, and Mark Sanchez tweeted out like, "How come no one's." <laughs> You're making fun of him, and it got like thirty-five thousand <laughs> likes or something. It was kind. Of, it was pretty funny. Um, so Hugh Jackson, and and the 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 stat is so bad because for anyone who who was paying attention to the NFL, whatever that was, now five years ago, seven years ago, maybe kind of thing. Probably like um, seven. Yeah, I have to date this like pre-wife and post-wife, like after meeting wife or before meeting wife. I think it was right around before meeting wife, so it was a while ago. But um, the Browns had a, a head coaching vacancy again, as is tradition. And they. 2012. Was it 2012? Yeah. It was Thanksgiving, that long ago? Thanksgiving Day 2012. Holy crap. Okay. So 11 years ago, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Hugh Jackson, he was coming from the Bengals. He was the uh, offensive coordinator for the Bengals. And he was like the hot head coaching item. He was everyone's sort of pseudo number one. You know, if you hire this guy, you're going to get at least some level of competency kind of thing. And he 
met with the Browns. Everything said he really liked them. And then he flew out to the Giants because I think um, Coughlin had just gotten fired as head coach for the Giants, too, or something. And while he was waiting to meet with the Giants, like while he was flying out, I think the Browns like re like up to their offer. And it was a good enough that he was like, uh, yeah, no, no, thanks, guys. I'm just going to go with the Browns. So they, they gave him a pretty good deal, apparently. And everyone was like, holy shit, the Browns got Hugh Jackson. They might actually be good. Um, one of my buddies at work who is really into the Bengals, he came over and he was just like, I think that was a really good hire for you. Like, I'm really excited to see what you guys are going to do. Like everyone who was a Bengals fan even was like, oh, wow, this is great. And then Hugh Jackson sucks. <laughs> he sucked so bad. His record, because he because he had the oh, he had the one in 15 season. And then he said that if we if we do worse than that, he'll jump in the lake the following year. And and he did jump in the lake because we went 0-16 the following season. That was that year. Yeah. Well, and this is the whole this is where the whole Baker Mayfield thing kind of runs together, too, because um he went he he went one in 15 and the one win again. This is just how traumatized you get with with certain fan bases. Their one win was against the Chargers on Christmas Eve in Cleveland. And it was on like a last second field goal that they they blocked slash, you know, got missed like a 48 yard field goal. So they, they still could have lost the game, but they won. And they're oh, yeah, you're all excited. Like, we're, we're not going to go winless this year. And I missed it because I was at church. <laughs> Terrible. So I was being a good Catholic, refreshing my score tracker on my phone yep. <laughs> in the middle of church, in the middle of Christmas mass. So I didn't get to see it. And I think the previous year they had gone, you know like five and 11 or four and 12 or something. And they had lost the last three or four games that year too. So then they went, Oh, and 16 the next year. And then they drafted Baker and we know how well that worked out. Well, he beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs at Pittsburgh. So, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot to not like there, but to sit there and say that it, that nothing went right is also completely wrong. Like Baker was a, a level of competency that we hadn't seen in a long time, but anyway, that Jets game where Baker finally won, and that was a comeback win. I definitely sat down to watch all those games that year because I realized that it had been uh, two and a half years on the calendar since I had physically watched the Browns win a game on TV. Wow. When you think about it. So there was like four weeks left in the previous season. Then I missed the the Christmas Eve win. And then there were no wins the year after that. And then it was yeah. like week three of the following year. So I realized that it had been... <laughs> Like two and a half years almost since I had even watched my team win. That's depressing. Yeah. Yeah. All thanks to Hugh because he got fired <laughs> midway. Well, he got fired midway through the Baker Mayfield season, eight games in after he lost to Pittsburgh. They were, um, I want to say they were two, five, and one, maybe. And that was when he got fired. Something like that. When, when they got, and, and his first win was only because he put Baker in to begin with. So when Hugh Jackson got let go unceremoniously, his final record was like, and again, I'm, I don't have the exact figure in front of me. I could like look it up, but it was something like two forty and one or something. Yeah, something atrocious. Something awful. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and someone did the research and said Hugh Jackson's head coaching record for for playing for coaching as many games as he did was second worst in NFL history. Like if you've coached at least thirty two or thirty six or forty games or whatever, he is second worst and. The worst head coach in history for that many games was the, I think the Giants coach. The reason he didn't get fired sooner was because he was the owner also. 
So he yeah. couldn't get fired. So he, he had ownership. <laughs> he was the owner and decided to coach himself. And so no one can fire him from being the coach. So as far as someone who was actually fireable as a head coach, Hugh Jackson was the worst, literally, oh. in history. That sounds awful. Just that. It does. I don't think there's enough Knob Creek here to, to handle me now. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're past that, though. You see why like, I actually don't mind Baker so much? It's like, oh, I yeah. actually got to see a playoff win against yeah. the Steelers. It's great. You've seen worse. You've, you've had worse runs. Like, I remember one run with the Dolphins. I'm not sure how it could be worse. I mean, the Dolphins had had that one run, too, where they were. Because, I mean. 2007. Yeah. You guys didn't hit the 0-16. The only other 0-16 yeah. was the Lions. Oh, they whatever were, that was. They were 1-15. In... Right. I remember that. I, remember I think cause... the one win, I think it came against the Patriots. Tank for Tua. Was that the Tank for Tua year? Oh, it was way before Or was that Tua. before that? Way before. I can't even remember. I can't remember any of this stuff. Oh, their only win. Hold on, I found it. Their only win was against the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, good. See, that makes me feel better. They they did something for your Browns. The Detroit Lions were the other team that went to 16. No, I remember because I was. um, Oh, it was that long ago? So that would have been the 06 or 07 that that the Dolphins did that because I think the Lions had their issues in something like 08, maybe. Yeah, the Lions were 08. Maybe. Yep, 2008, the Lions were 0 16. I still remember so many random things from from some of those years. Like I remember Orlovsky was the quarterback for them for a lot of the time, and that was when he ran out of the back of the end zone for that safety. And I also remember, I think it was like their eighth or tenth game of the year, and they started out seventeen to zero against somebody, and they ended up losing like thirty four to twenty or something. Like it ended up being not close, but everyone was like, "Oh, they're going to get their win because <laughs> you know you're up three scores." Nope. 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 I have a buddy who's a big Detroit fan. That's probably why I paid a little bit more attention to that. So, sorry, Joe. Sorry to bring that up. If you're I listening, I don't know that I've ever met a Detroit Lions fan. He's I'm a big. Sure he's from Detroit. Big, big <laughs> Detroit fan. So, I mean, I, I actually, I, I knew what the Red Wings were doing for a season once because of him. Makes sense. I think of Detroit. I still think of Barry Sanders and like Megatron, like Calvin Johnson. Yeah, dude, Megatron was. He was something else. Is there ever going to be anything like him again? Like physically, I think, I, I think I can't Randy imagine. Moss is the closest in like overall skill set, but he wasn't built like Calvin Johnson was. Like he didn't have, he was tall and he was lanky, and he, he could was catch fast, the ball yeah. like like Calvin Johnson. But Calvin just like he was a defensive lineman stretched, like stuffed into a wide receiver's body. He was just thick and strong, and yeah, I, I the think sports science good. did a thing on him. So they, and I think that's what they said was his official listings were six foot five. And 230 or 225 pounds or something. So like big dude. Yeah. And then um, he ran a 4-4 four, four maybe on the 40, which again, for a big dude, that's yeah, really fast. fast. And then he had like a 40-inch vertical too. Yeah. I remember his vertical being just ridiculous. That's what I remember. Um, well, but so the, the reason that I remember some of that stuff was because sports science, when I was into all, all that, they said that with his height plus reach plus vertical if you if you extrapolated that in in all three dimensions kind of like a a half sphere or a half cone like you know on the ground they said that he could cover the same volume of area as a small african elephant wow because of just his length and and his jumping ability like he jumped sideways so they're they're basically saying if you're a quarterback hit the elephant and he can catch it (laughs) 
You know who That's, reminds me a lot of, of Megatron in today's football is actually Christian Watson. I think he, he he's a lot like him. He's got a, a similar build and similar skill set. And I think you'd be lucky to trade for a guy like that. I really think that's the kind of guy you guys should be targeting in your fantasy football leagues right now. Yeah, but I'm never going to be tell be able to tell him I own him. <laughs> I was going to say this. This is new material, Tom. I knew exactly where you were going with that. <laughs> Can't be too good then. <laughs> yeah, right. I do have to start writing some new material, actually. I was asked to come back, and I do have to start writing new material. Yes. So that was the next thing, too. So everybody, drum roll, please. Tom did some comedy, and it was fairly comedic it was fairly comedic for a first time it was actually quite good i think yeah it wasn't uh it wasn't long enough for our doug rector's cut like we (laughs) like we wanted to do where i could just add my own colorful commentary but it was pretty good i mean you definitely uh leaned into the priest joke there at the end it was good the the audience did not see it coming at all and neither did you (laughs) oh i saw it coming (laughs) saw it felt it yeah, that was um, that was good. That that was a lot yeah. of fun. It was only a five minute set, and it turns out that I overwrote for it. I, I changed the whole thing. I actually wrote that whole thing the afternoon of the show. Um, I had material I wanted to bring to it, and then at the last minute, was like, no, nope, that's not what I want to do tonight. And I literally sat down at one p.m. Took the stage mm-hmm. that night at like nine forty-five or nine fifty. I'm sorry, ten forty-five or ten fifty. So about nine hours before showtime, I sat down and was like, I'm going to rewrite all this material. I'm just going to start from scratch. And I wrote the entire thing from from scratch. And when I rehearsed it the first time, it was like eight and a half minutes long. I was shocked because I thought I was going to have like three or four minutes. I'm like, oh, right. I, I actually have to cut jokes from my material. So I literally typed it up as quick as I could. I did a, a voice transcription of it real quick and I edited it to make it presentable and saved it on my phone, sent it to myself. My wife got home that night. She was with um. She's with a sick friend hmm. uh, that evening. She didn't get home until about 6 30, 7 o'clock. I took off when she got home. I went straight to Mohegan Sun, parked in the top level of the garage, and I was literally pacing the garage trying to memorize my new set that I had written that afternoon, like one hour before I was supposed to get on stage. It's not a good feeling, kids. I don't recommend you do that. That's uh, making stuff harder on yourself is not the way to go. You but, too can be successful if you yeah. just rush at the end. Just do everything the <laughs> hardest way possible. Just be Sisyphus in all your tasks. Um, <laughs> no, but it was good. It was really good for something, especially that was that fresh that I hadn't had a chance to rehearse. Um, and for my first time, like I really, my, my sole goal was to not bomb. I just, I wanted to get a couple of laughs and not bomb. And it turns out uh, it, it was good. It's hard to work, hard to work the joke count into a five minute set. Cause it's not much time, but um yeah, I know what I got to tighten up for it. I, I can make that into a very tight five minutes now. I wrapped it up at five minutes on the dot. I had to cut a couple of jokes as I was going, which was unfortunate. But it was good. It was a fun time. I liked, I'll definitely do it again. I, I, it's, it's an addictive feeling. And it was just cool. It was just a really good time. To be asked to go back was really, really neat. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. They must be desperate. It must be, yeah. Yeah. Well, what I what I did appreciate, and this is, again, just me adding my own two cents but when i first watched it i was kind of thinking oh he told two jokes and i realized what you were really doing was you were layering in five or ten like mid jokes throughout it kind of thing so really you plugged in probably seven or eight different jokes there was a punchline yeah about every 12 to 14 seconds for most of it like that was my Yeah, if you were paying attention to the theme yeah you were it was like oh that's that's a word choice thing yeah so Yeah. yeah it was good I, I cut good. some of the ones that I thought would go over people's heads. I, I, I'm actually, the best thing I did was some of the jokes that I cut. I think uh, there were some jokes yeah. I was really in love with that I really wanted to use and decided to cut them to make it fit the time limit. And because I didn't think they'd be good you know, on the spot. And in hindsight, 
I made the right choice and it just felt really good to know I cut the right jokes. Like that felt good. Like there's for, for those who haven't seen it, which is, you know, all 47 of you, 48 put a now? link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, we'll put a we'll put a link there. But for those who haven't seen it, you know, it was my mom's birthday was that night and she came out to the casino to actually see the show and she was in the crowd. So I I a couple of jokes for mom's sake, but uh a lot of the ones that I wanted to put in there for her, I, I I cut. And one of them that I really liked that I really wanted to keep was basically um, you know, I, my mother always wanted a daughter. She had two sons, but she always wanted a daughter. And I knew she always wanted a daughter because she used to tuck me in every night before bed. And, and I say, thought that I wish was, you were a girl. Yeah. Well, I, I thought that was a really funny <laughs> joke. You know, my mom used to tuck me in every night before yeah. bed and I thought that was good, but it doesn't hit right No, Maybe in a 15 minute set, definitely not for a five minute set. And uh, so yeah. stuff like that, that I cut, I made the right choices and it felt good to make those choices, especially given how hard I made that on myself when I shouldn't have been, I should have just used the material that I had a month before, but that is not how we roll. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not how dads do it. We make shit hard on ourselves. Yes, we do. Good so, job. Thanks. Thanks. It was yeah. fun. Did you watch the lender yet? Uh, I started it and got dissuaded by, um, again, kind of everything that happened this past week, not in a place for comedy right now. Just not, yeah, not that's do fair. It for me. Well, you, you should watch it too, because then it also sets up Zoolander too, which I won't ruin anything about the movie by saying this, but Justin Bieber dies in the movie at some point and the bad guy, someone goes, well, why did you kill Bieber? And he goes, I needed a reason to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was pretty pretty funny with a lot of you know celebrities making fun of themselves in the second movie so it was good nice no i'm yeah. looking forward to it it's just the i just gotta first get one's right better place. yeah first one's way better and it is insanely stupid for those of you who haven't seen it if you like dodgeball old school you know the you know uh, anchorman you know really stupid slapstick kind of stuff um and you somehow haven't seen zoolander see zoolander it's it's really stupid but it is one of those movies where the stupid is is it's inception level layers like they'll have decorations and backgrounds that are in line with a joke they made it's good love dodgeball did not like yeah. Anchorman. Actually, I, Old School is one of my favorite comedies of like the last 20 years. But the first like time Anchorman? I saw it, I didn't Man. like it. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Maybe if I watch it again. But I didn't like Old School the first time I watched it either. I was like, yeah, that was all right. And then the second time I watched it, I basically pissed myself laughing. It was just fantastic. Old School was okay, but not great for me. Oh, Anchorman is fantastic. Are you kidding me? I'll give it another watch. Sex Panther. It's made yeah. with bits of real Panther, so you know it's good. Uh, yeah. And it's Paul Rudd. How can you not like Paul Rudd? Oh, I do like especially, Paul Rudd, especially with that facial hair. Honestly, I, I think it's I think I was probably in like a Will Ferrell burnout place when I saw that movie because there yeah. were a number of his movies I saw in that like around that same time, and I was just like meh, and everybody else loved them. Like I just I think I kind of burnt out. Like the last Will Ferrell yeah. movies I think I liked. I really liked Old School. Hank the Tank was fucking great, and then I really liked Step Brothers. Step Brothers is fantastic. Step Brothers is great. Yep. Well, and and I, I don't know what face? else I've seen. Adam, whatever the guy who plays the the dick older brother. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 weird. It's weird to watch him in Parks and Rec yeah. as as Ben, like the whole way as a sort of a nerdy accountant guy, and then to watch Step Brothers again, and he's like a total yeah. ass with showing off his abs and stuff in the treehouse. Great. That was a really uh, solid movie. I, I like that one a lot. That was a very quotable movie. It was a lot of fun. But other than that, like there yeah. aren't many Will Ferrell movies from that time that I really liked. Like, um, have you at least seen the other guys? That's, um, he's that's, law enforcement, right? There's yeah. Police, yeah. Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Yeah. Yeah. It was all right. Well, I would say the first time I watched that movie, I was like, eh, 
you know, it's got some funny lines, but whatever. And then, and same kind of thing. Then I sat down and really like watched it and watched it again. I'm like, holy shit, I love this movie. <laughs> Especially the lion and the tuna. I don't even remember it. So it's when they're having a fight in the police, like they're just bickering at each other in the the police station. And Mark Wahlberg looks at Will Ferrell and he goes, you know how much I hate you? I hate you so much that if I was a lion and you were a tuna, I would swim out into the middle of the ocean and I would eat you. And then I'd bang your tuna girlfriend. (laughs) It's like the greatest. It's one of the greatest lines for me ever. It's just so petty and so nonsensical. It's pretty petty and also pretty nonsensical. Did you see the photo that was captured of the Jaguar diving underwater to get a fish recently? No, I it won not. it won okay. some kind of a award, but if you do a Google search for it, it's I wild. Say, I have to I have to Google this now. So can I just put Jaguar fish? No, I, because I there's say, an actual fish called a Jaguar fish. <laughs> which I just now uh, Jaguar yeah. swims underwater during feeding. Oh, oh! I see the the image. Holy cow! Oh, that's creepy. No, that's like shot. that's like nightmares. Yeah. Holy it, crap! It reminds me of the. Um... Don't look this up. This is scary. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the one with the leopard seal and the penguin. Do you remember seeing that one like 15, 20 years ago? I actually think I do. That one was was like one of the single most wow images I think I, I remember seeing from a nature photographer. This one is is probably right there with it. Like this yeah, is that, wild. Th- this is one of those. And there's like six or seven different shots he got. Like there's one of them where the yeah. thing's just looking at you with a mouthful of whatever this is. It's just like oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, That's I dare you to amazing. say something about me chewing with my mouth open. I fucking dare you. Is this is this the one where it's like kind of like teal water and kind of foggy? Yeah. Yep man he's got the crazy eyes and one he's of them got where the, the crazy eyes, eyes are like, going on and he's burying his teeth everywhere it's probably just because he's trying to like br- like you know snort the water or something to... yeah i was watching a documentary with the kids like two years ago and there was a jaguar that dove from a tree into a river to, t- to tackle a crocodile and like take out a croc and it was one of the most badass moments in all of <laughs> nature i just remember watching that going man that's crazy how do you gonna fight a crocodile in the water like that's not supposed to work ever no, no, jaguars it's, a, it's a dinosaur. Except for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are freaking gnarly. Other than them. You know, and then you hear those the stories, and I mean, most of the guys think they're lucky, but then you're like, yeah, man kills mountain lion with bare hands, and you're like, what kind of man? <laughs> <laughs> like, are we are we sure? Are we sure it wasn't on something? <laughs> uh, there's the one with the leopard seal I was looking at. I'm gonna put this in the chat. Where it's like you. the where it's the the penguin like leaping out of the trying to swim out of the the mouth oh. right as it's closing or oh. something. Oh no, it's the penguin like must have just turned around and been like, oh shit, what's about to happen here? Like, oh it's, really? Yeah, it looks like a freaking plesiosaurus just like, oh. snuck up on something. Yikes! Yeah. That's one of my favorite like nature photos of all time. I feel like this is one of those photos where you could say, "Yep, that's me." <laughs> So I'll bet you're wondering how I ended up here. (laughs) Uh, This will be my next project to write a short story about this particular moment. (laughs) Turns out penguins make great dentists. That's what this is. Oh, where it's like picking the, the stuff off his teeth for him. Oh, I'm just, I'm just being comedic. I I have no idea. I'm just trying to envision a scenario in which this would happen where I wouldn't be shitting myself. If I was the penguin, I was was being, I was being not helpful to you then. That's all right. 
what else is new i don't know i mean there's some animals <laughs> do that shit probably for crocodiles you know there's like those little birds that are like yeah sure i'll pick the crap off your teeth yep that's true which if you're the crocodile is just stupid like it's basically a free meal just waiting make um, them last for a month yeah but then you never then you never have anything clean your teeth and your teeth rot out and then you're a crocodile without teeth and that just sounds like a bad way to be and they obviously put that much thought into it it's because they're yeah, it's because the HMO says they have to. <laughs> I found one of a leopard seal chomping down on a penguin, and he actually got the thing's eye to pop out like one of my kids' squeezy toys. That's kind of wild. Actually, you want to hear something real left up? I see this thing. I see this photo, and the very first thing I think of is The Walking Dead with Negan's introduction when he kills Glenn. Yes. And I'm like, ooh, eyeball. Not that. Good. That was a savage moment. I remember that. And I didn't see it until like. I don't know, eight months after it came out, because I was watching the whole thing on mm-hmm. Netflix, maybe. So I wasn't watching it live on too. AMC. Yeah, everybody's yeah. like, oh, my God, can you believe what happened? I was like, don't you say a word. Don't you say a word. <laughs> yeah. And people kept telling me how savage it was. And I was like, it can't really be like that savage. There's it can't nothing, be that bad, can it? Right. Given yeah. my background, there's nothing you're going to put on a TV show that's going to shock me. But I remember watching that scene going wow that is hard to watch well and they but they even ended the the previous season with the you know the pov of of it turned out to be abraham you know they ended it with his pov and the the red filter and and all that stuff and like it was already kind of gruesome enough so it was kind of like how bad could this really be for the you know how could they make it way worse and they did they went with it yeah yeah that's a i have a very weird memory association with that moment in the show because um my uh boss at the time when they were when when the 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 season before that where they were leading up to negan's introduction uh when that was on air my boss at the time he ended up being like one of the best bosses i ever had but he and i used to fight all the time about just walking dead stuff like he was he insisted that no one in the show was safe and i was the one insisting that that i thought rick and carl were completely safe to a degree at least and if not both of them at least carl would because he's like the kid like you know that was they were going to find some way for him to take over or whatever and showed how right he was and wrong i was eventually but we were also fighting over who a you know who negan was killing at the end of that scene like we had a big like we we it was like a 15 minute like here's my PowerPoint for why it's this person or why it's not this person and, and all that. And I insisted it was Abraham because Abraham had been around for like three seasons, but he was like a background ish character. Like he was just part of this other little trio that was just kind of annoying. And then suddenly out of nowhere, they like made him more human. So I was like, it's gotta be him. They're building him up to make his loss more like awful. And he did sort of accept that, but he insisted it was Glenn because you know Negan kills Glenn in the comics and all that stuff apparently and so we had this little like prop bet for who it was and then my boss died wow <laughs> depressing right that went dark yeah he uh, he got into a car accident and uh they think he died instantly so went to his funeral a couple months later watched the episode and it like <laughs> like I was crying again because we were both right wow <laughs> yeah it sucked it was a long time ago. He was younger than we are then. now. You didn't have to pay him then. Well, knowing him, it would have been it would have been a wash because we were both right. Wow. Yeah, that's that's my sob story. He was, you know, what kind of boss he was. He was the one where we both did bad mustaches together just to upset our team. Like I was basically assisting him as as like a fellow supervisor, you know, helping out his team and 
we used to do stuff like that all the time to mess with people. <laughs> That's how it should be. Yeah. Good times. Well, We're still here. We're just sitting in sad silence. Yeah. My yeah. friend who's 44, she's she's got weeks left to live. I've lost a lot of people over the course of my my short 41 years, but it's always been very sudden. This is the first time I've had to deal with sort of knowing it was coming at a time, and it's, it's a challenge. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's Rationally, you always think it's better to sort of know it's coming at least a little bit, but at least in the middle of it, you're like, oh, wow, this blows <laughs> really yeah. bad. You kind yeah. of prefer the suddenness in a way. Not that you're sitting there going, oh, I wish I had this, but, you know. Right, right. Yeah, it sucks. So on that happy note, uh, my daughter told me a great joke last week it's not really a dad joke but i enjoy oh, we have it to do so dad much. jokes well it's, we it's should not... do dad jokes for the end we are we gonna do daughter jokes well this one this one's more of a daughter joke because it's not a dad joke per se but it made me laugh way harder than i should have so i thought it was worth uh worth bringing okay. to the table why is a giraffe's neck so long so it can reach the trees negative sir oh you want me to guess again ah, if you don't <laughs> want to well okay all right hold on um from a seven-year-old girl's point of view, what would what what would make this important to a seven-year-old girl? You know, um, I've never been a girl. <laughs> it's twenty twenty-three. You can change that, <laughs> apparently. And and I'm in Ohio. You can just go in and be like, "Yes, I want my name to be like Oxorg," and they'll be like, "Uh, okay, um, <laughs> sure." Do you have a utility bill? There's a dress next so long, um. So they can, um, I, I no, please make it stop, Tom. I can't, I can't <laughs> think anymore because they've got really stinky feet. That's good. That's. I thought, I thought that was really good. That is really good, actually. Man, your daughter's jokes are better than my daughter's jokes. <laughs> and, and well, she's I'm, a little older. All <laughs> right, but still, no, no, I'm feeling self conscious. So I think my daughter's jokes right now are like, "Daddy, you want to hear something funny?" You know, and then I usually go, no, I hate funny things. And then she goes, what? Like, no, I'm kidding. I do want to hear something funny. Like, go. And she goes, okay. Uh, I was at school and then I was climbing up the monkey bars and then I fell. <laughs> uh, but that's so much better than all the other ways she could tell you that story. No, right. <laughs> do Can't you guys know your the, joke, sweetie. <laughs> do you guys know the gender on number three yet? Yeah, it's a boy. Ah, so you got two girls and a boy. Mm-hmm. You really are following Just, my plan. That's impressive, sir. I was going to say no. We're following the wife's plan. She right. recently told me that she, she, if she could have her way, which apparently she is, <laughs> shocker. She wanted, yeah, she wanted girl and then girl and then boy. And she also talked about wanting to have twins at some point to like just finish. So I mean, I guess she's not getting like everything that she wants. <laughs> Oh, you still got time. Uh, yeah. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, now she does it. She would never want to do like twins at the because then that would mean five kids, and she's like, no. So we're we're at the you know names slash potential names. You haven't so. seen the league, right? We've talked about this before. No, we've talked about this. I haven't seen it yet. There's an episode <laughs> in the league where um they're bar- they're bargaining, and somebody wants to be commissioner, and the commissioner is like, no, no, you you can't be commissioner, and they reach an agreement. Um, and no one knows what this agreement is. Like no one knows why this guy gave in and let this guy back in the league and let him be commissioner. And it's it's all this big conspiracy until like the last episode 
when um, the gentleman's wife has their baby. And as they're having the baby, like the group of friends breaks into the labor room with their draft board and is like, we're doing this now, bitches, like while she's in labor and the doctor's trying to get him out. And she's like, no, I will be here for the first two picks, at least of my fantasy football team. And she's cussing the doctor out for trying to kick everybody out. Well, it, it turns out the deal that was struck was he let him back in the league and, and handed over the commissionership, but he got naming rights to to his kid. Of course. So so they had the baby and uh and and the mom's sitting there happy with a the little baby and all of a sudden the the knucklehead in the group comes in with a guitar and starts singing a song with him and they named the kid Chalupa Batman and I'm like that is a great name like it's it's a stoner naming this kid and that's exactly right. what a stoner Chalupa would name Batman. this kid Chalupa Batman like it's perfect. <laughs> right. But for the rest of the show you know they end up naming the kid uh, they give him the initial CB, whatever, whatever they right. actually try to name him. But everyone else calls him Chalupa Batman. And it's it's the running joke that that's what's on his birth certificate. So that show's fantastic. It's one of those, like, I'll have to eventually get to it. Because, like, you know, again, Walking Dead, I haven't watched since um whatever that was, the season that Carl died and the season that they spared Negan. So, like, I guess eight or something. I eight or nine. Because they're, like, on 11. For you, because I didn't know Carl died. Sorry. That's yeah, all right. I guess you just don't have to. You just can't watch anymore. It's all, it's all ruined. Actually, now that you say that, I think I do remember that. I think yeah. I do remember Carl dying because I remember. What's the last thing I remember? I think Rick like getting on a helicopter and being flown away. Oh well, then you've seen farther than I have. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, then you're welcome. I, I saw right. <laughs> Damn it! Can't watch anymore. No, I think the the last season I saw was the helicopter showed up and they were all like WTF because helicopter. <laughs> obviously and then it flew off and they were all weirded out but then the, and that was like middle of the season it was supposed to be this big like suspense builder and I, i'm pretty sure it didn't get mentioned again by any character for the rest of the season and i remember thinking like i'm just gonna let the helicopter sit there like elephant in the room kind of thing I feel like that would be discussed <laughs> right like they'll bring it back eventually they kind of have to like even if someone like forgot it somehow in shooting they're like oh they're watching it again like oh shit we need to work this back in somehow you would think but yeah, they didn't even bring it up again like at least just normal human interaction if you're a fly on the wall should be like we still don't know anything about the helicopter do we no okay anyway moving on yeah. it's, it's all good yeah, it's fine. even though it should be like priority number one i was just like we might get air bombed in any second now it, it, that would be like watching fresh prince of belair and having like a t-rex just suddenly walk through their yard and stomp through the yard and then disappear and have it never be brought up again like that's right. the equivalent that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I knew it was. Knew yeah, it was. that analogy in particular. Same dinosaur too. Weird. Twinsies. <laughs> I'm going to do my dad joke. Do your dad joke. Do your damn dad joke, dude. All right, alliterati- alliteration. All right, alliteration. Can't even say it anymore. <laughs> How much Knob Creek have you had this evening? Not enough, apparently. Yeah, I think you need more. Alliteration flows off the tongue easier when you're Knob Creeked. I was going to say a lot flows off the tongue easier, but um, especially in light of your comedy routine, we should probably stay away from that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a side of me a lot of people who know me have never seen. Yeah, well, neither had uh, the priest. Or Father Christopher. Or Father Christopher. Where do pigs, piglets, learn their ABCs? Where do piglets learn their ABCs? Boarding school? At the School of Higher Loining. That's good. I like that one. That's Thank solid. You. Speaking of piglets, did you see, and I'm sure the answer is and probably And Father Christopher. No, 
Uh, actually, there is a connection, actually. Um, I feel like the answer here is going to be a no, but because I'm so confident, it's probably going to be a yes. Did you see Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey? Oh. <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? I, uh, it was, oh God, what night was that? Thursday? Christopher Friday Robin? Night? Is that the connection? Christopher <laughs> Robin is the connection. Um, Friday night, I think it was, or Saturday. There was a night where I just absolutely could not sleep. On top of everything else we've got going on, like we were all sick in this house. So on top of everything else, we had that to deal with. And my gas tank was like at complete zero. It was Sunday night. That's when it was. I had like a 20 minute window before Sunday night football started. And I decided I was not, probably wasn't going to make it through the Sunday night football game, but I wanted to put it on and fall asleep to it on the couch. And in the meantime, like I just need something to watch for 15 minutes. And I, I click open Peacock because that's where I'm, I'm streaming the game. And the first thing it recommends for me is Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I love why that movie was made. Like just the just the why as to why they made the movie makes me so happy as a creator. But I was like, all right, why don't we watch the first? To be like blood and money, but blood and honey or something. Is well, that... No, it's it just has to do with um with Disney and their ridiculously strict copyright laws and how they've extended their copyrights over and over and over oh. for decades when no one else could. They um I got a side story about Disney porn. I'll tell after this that explains this a little bit better. But essentially, <laughs> I decided I would just watch the first. And here I thought we were going to run out of material. Oh man, never! Um, Welcome so to I'm late like, night two dads talking. That's exactly what this is. That might be a better name for the show. So I'm watching it, and the intro is is very much talking about you know Christopher Robin and and Winnie the Pooh and how he discovered them in the Hundred Acre Wood, and they made friends with him, and he brought them food because food was hard to come by in the Hundred Acre Wood. And then they became dependent on him. And when he left to go to college, they became feral. And then the night came where they had to eat one of their own. And Pooh suggested they eat Eeyore and nothing was ever the same. And it's just like this super dark, cracked me up, perfect introduction. And there's like a rest in peace Eeyore sign in the background, like when Christopher Robin shows up. <laughs> just hanging out in the yeah. background. <laughs> yeah. so, so the gist is like Christopher Robin leaves them to go to college and they turn feral because now he's not there to provide for them. And apparently they've lost their ability to, to forage for themselves. So they become these savage murdering feral humanoid beasts. And he comes back after college with his fiance. And she thinks that he's making up all these stories about the <laughs> Pooh. And he's like, no, it's important that you know, if you're going to marry me, that you know this is true and you don't think I'm crazy. So I want to I introduce you. We're going to come find them. I haven't seen them in years. And they go walking into the Hundred Acre Wood and Winnie the Pooh and the scariest looking piglet you can imagine, like mercilessly slaughter these two and eat them and like mutilate the bodies. But Piglet walks on and he's got like tusks and he's like six foot tall. <laughs> it's like, wow, this is fantastic. And then he looks like the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like yeah, that he, guy. he does. Yeah. Bebop. <laughs> yeah. Is that who it was? Something um, like that. I can't remember. I think Bebop was the boar and Rocksteady was the rhino, I think. Yeah. But, but yes, he looks like a scary as hell version of that. And I just remember thinking, like, this is fantastic. And then as soon as that intro is over, it becomes just a stupid slasher movie. Like, I didn't watch anything. Right. I watched like five more minutes and was like, this is dumb. I'm going to sleep. Made it through the first like six minutes of the game and that was that. But like the first 10 minutes of that movie, solid recommend. It's, it's, if you've got a dark sense of humor, it's fantastic. But yeah, so Disney. For many, 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 many years, they have such strict copyright laws that you're not allowed to do anything that could even be uh, tangentially related to a copyrighted character of theirs. They'll, they'll assume it's copyright infringement. So you've got all these Disney artists who are ticked off that they work on these long animated projects for many years, and then they want to go to conventions and like draw a quick sketch and sign it for someone. 
and they can't because Disney will sue their ass and they lose money on it. Right. right. And they can't put pictures up on websites or have pictures like even they can't even display stuff in resumes. Apparently it's super strict. It's like the strictest non-disclosure agreement ever. So to get back at Disney, a lot of these artists for a long period of time went out and just drew a ton of porn featuring Disney princesses and princes and characters that forced Disney to go out and confiscate it and take legal actions to confiscate Disney porn. And they store it in a vault. There is an actual vault that is full of ironic Disney pornography to sort of spit in the face of Disney and their copyright laws. Well, their, their copyright laws finally stopped getting extended in some of their material. They've been extending it over and over and over, like getting this exception in corporate law for, for many years in America. Which makes you wonder how they do that. No one else could do it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that's why it's BS. I'm sure it's completely above water. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, There's no way that they would have an exception being such a large influential target in, in the, such a landscape as corporate America. Yeah, we, we don't do that here in America. That's not how we roll. No, um, no we're all clean as whistles. Toot toot. Toot toot. <laughs> but some of their characters, like the copyright, I think extends to like their primary brand characters, like Mickey Mouse. And I think it only extends to them. Their Winnie the Pooh copyright a movie came out, what, 75 years ago or something like that? 60 years Maybe ago? Maybe more. You know, Snow White is like a, it's like 1950 or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. I, I think rem- it was like 70 years. Well, because we started watching Snow White one time with the girls. Like, oh, let's see if they're interested in this movie. And I saw the date and I was like, what? <laughs> there's no way this is that old but apparently it is um 1925 Winnie the Pooh is the first time when he was released. so 100 years 100 in the years. in the 100 acre wood but but when the copyright was going to expire on that one Disney couldn't protect it and so the creators of this movie they saw it coming ahead of time like oh this is going to be this is going to be available as, as a, a common creative market like this is going to be the public commons we should make a really awful slasher movie about Winnie the Pooh since no one's ever been able to do it we should just do this we want blood and gore and boobs and we're going to do it and they literally just did it to spite Disney because they've been holding this copyright forever and they're working on a Bambi one right now I saw I saw a trailer that I don't know if it was the legitimate one or not but essentially it's Bambi coming for revenge for the the hunter that killed his mother <laughs> I'm like, yes. So I hope they do this with every Disney movie as the copyrights. They need to open source this because I would totally drop a couple one-liners for Bambi. Like, (laughs) the buck stops here. I got um, the night of my (laughs) stand-up. I had a friend of mine send me an image. It was was the day after. She sent me a graphic, and I think it was a Far Side comic. And Mm -hmm. she goes, hey, you did better than Bucky. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? I didn't realize there was an image attached to it at the time. So I open up the text message like hours later and I see, oh, there's an image. And it's this, uh, it's a deer, full buck, like like eight point buck deer on stage doing stand-up. And the, the spotlight's on him. And the, the caption says, Bucky always dreamed of, of doing stand-up comedy. But it all ended when they turned the spotlight on and he's just like frozen in place in the light. It's like, that, that's pretty good. Yeah. That dude was crazy. Like when they have the, the the targeting ridicule and the bear is pointing at another bear, like you know, oh, shoot this guy. My favorite one. Speaking of dark humor, is uh, have you seen Custer's Last View? Oh, it's a bunch of um, well, Native Americans, and you know, obviously with like feather in their headbands and stuff like that. And it's just a circle of them all around the frame, and they're all grinning, kind of maliciously or evilly and they're all looking down at like your viewpoint and it just says custer's last view wow <laughs> like, whoa that's dark that's, that's messed up <laughs> i know but but accurate <laughs> but accurate exactly uh, did you see that the that washington funny. commanders are being sued by a native american tribe 
dude, everyone with a brain saw that that was coming. Because then you're sitting there going, oh, well, you know, they're appropriating whatever, so we can't have them be be Redskins anymore. And they changed the name. But what happens when you have no minorities represented? Yeah. Well, now you're going to have you're going to have upset people being like, why are there all white people being represented? Yep. This is stupid. I mean, like, I think that group even said they've been jockeying to be like, no, don't change your name. Like, this is a homage to us. Why are you taking this away? Yeah. <laughs> this well, reminds people of how dominant our tribe was at one point. I don't know if that was the reasoning or not, but I know that the the chief, uh, the Indian character on the side of the helmet is actually a historic figure within their tribe. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, charging right. white bull or little white bulls i, I feel yeah. bad that i don't know the name and i feel like i'm being disrespectful but it's an actual it's person a, like it's a, a historic figure and i did not know that but i, I found it very interesting that they got <laughs> lambasted for having the name and forced to change it and now they're being sued because they did like they can't win this let's see if i can find it yeah here they are they're they're mad they dropped the name then it's the native american guardians association Does it i say do what think the guy's you're right is? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to find. I, I I think you're right, though. I feel bad that I probably just got it Here wrong it twice. The team, uh, the franchise adopted the name Redskins in 1933, and then in 1972, the team logo would be a portrait of celebrated late Blackfoot chief John Two Guns White Calf. White Calf. I wasn't far off, but I do apologize for getting that wrong. Yeah, White Calf. So that was it. So it's White Calf is who he is. But right, but that's the point. Like this is a real dude. I mean, that was the whole issue with uh, Aunt Jemima, I think it was. And someone said that she was the first black millionaire in America, or or maybe like she was the richest black woman in America at one point because of her representation of the brand and helping build it up and all that being like the the spokesperson. And and so when you're like taking your name away, it's actually kind of erasing yeah. her literal success. I mean, it's an unintended consequences kind of deal. I get the rationale for why people are doing it, but carry this out to the end. What happens when there's no more minorities left in in representation? It's going to swing back the other way. And then you find out history is cyclical and it's just a vicious cycle. And 80 year olds, us, will be like, back in my day, and our grandkids will be like, shut up, grandpa. I don't want to hear your giraffe joke again. (laughs) But you taught me, your mom taught me that joke. Are you disrespecting your mother? (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me put my new artificial hip back in place and come spank your bottom because I'll do it. I saw my wife the other day holding up the phone like an old person. I told her to like she did. So for Tom can see it, but you know, you hold up the phone like kind of up at head level and then you like assert your finger and you start like poking at it. Yeah. To make your selections. I saw her doing it outside and I was just like, honey, I just want to tell you that you officially hold the phone like an old person. And <laughs> for some reason, I like it. I think it's kind of cute. <laughs> and she got mad at me. I said, okay, it's okay. I'll be doing that someday too. I'll, I'll be asking my grandkids to help me with my hollow phone or whatever. <laughs> By then we'll be like, back in my day, all we had was the internets. I, I don't know what this is. What's What's this thing? You know, I know I've mentioned it before on one of these recordings. I know I have, but my wife did say one time that when the kids get older, we'll explain dial up to them and they won't believe us. Yeah. And I had half a second where I thought, ah, they'll believe us. And I realized, no, they really won't. No. Try to explain explain to people. Don't go on the internet. I'm expecting a phone call. What? Yeah. (laughs) Just that doesn't comprehend for, for anybody nowadays. No, so no, I still it's... remember being on a road trip and and telling my parents, I said, I'll bet the internet will be available everywhere in about 10 years. And they were like, 
okay, I don't think you're right, but that would be nice. And I, I thought it would be kind of like cell phone towers. There would be like Wi-Fi towers. And I was completely wrong. It turned out to be cell phone data. And they just use the current towers in place. But it, I think it was like 11 years to when there was kind of like a standard service. So I was almost right. Yeah. And and then suddenly phones became hotspots, which is even funnier. So it, and so that was even better than what I had thought. But I still remember thinking that and just being like, man, look at how far stuff has come. Now it's like my internet is only 50 megabytes a second, which is 50 times faster than anything we had 10 years ago. Yep. <laughs> If you want you want a good laugh, go watch Hackers and just see how Hackers has aged and the stuff that they brag about. It's like, oh, oh I got really? a 256 kilobyte modem. And you're like, wow, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was like back then. That was good oh, stuff. I still occasionally think of like Newgrounds and Contraband and some of those old sites where, where you know, you'd start a video download in the morning before school so that you could come back and watch the video and not have to like wait for it to keep loading. True story. <laughs> take an hour and a half to load a five minute video and that was just how it was and and people did the work yep. hey this video sucks don't load it okay thanks this video is <laughs> awesome you should totally take the time to load it hey doug you guys want to meet doug was the one giving two thumbs up to two girls one cup to his friends <sighs> hey guys i found this great new video <laughs> two girls one cup you gotta watch <laughs> this do it hey you guys want to all meet later together and exchange itunes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. holy cow we're old it's terrible. I still remember dragging my Xbox and my various cables over to my buddy's house to on the east side so we could do a literal LAN party. Just yep. set up four TVs and four Xboxes. And yep. that was the thing. That was great. Six hours of awesomeness. That was the barracks life in um, like the early yeah. 2000s. Like if you were in the army or in a college campus, like you, you probably mm -hmm. had Ethernet cables just connecting rooms all across the building and you'd have, you'd have land parties. You'd be playing Counter-Strike or Warcraft. <laughs> like wires or, running through yep. like the hallways and yep. stuff. Just yeah, just wires so you everywhere. All, you, so you could all sit on your couches or, you know, whatever, just so yeah. you could be more comfortable and not on the floor. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's nuts. It's really nuts. So, I mean, in my, my recent example of this is the, um, we just got a, OLED TV, one of the, you know, newer ish kind of things. Um, and I'll admit it's, it's an amazing picture. It, it, if you go, if you go shopping for a TV now, you see the HDs, like the, what do they call it now? They usually call them UHDs, I think. And don't get me wrong, they're nice pictures. But then you see QLEDs and you're like, okay, that's obviously nicer. And then you see one TV and you're like, holy shit, that's obviously the nicest picture in the whole store. And you look and it's always an OLED. And so we were just looking for this new TV and we thought, okay, we want at least a QLED. We're just not going to be able to afford an OLED. But we found one of the like last one on the shelf. You don't get a box this kind of thing. But so, yeah. but right. So we got this TV for literally half off kind of thing. And it was otherwise new. It was just the store model. So, and this thing's amazing. But it made me think about when I bought a new TV in my, I think it was my freshman year of college. So this would have been 05, 06 kind of time frame. So a while ago, but like, we're still like less than 20 years, we're like 15, 18 years ago kind of thing. And I got everyone listening, please sit down. This is going to shock you with how amazing this TV was. It was a, just a regular tube TV, flat screen, 20 inch. And it was the nicest TV in the dorm for about three weeks. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and another guy got a flat screen 30 inch and and that was back when you could switch the hd on or off 
so that yep. if you had a non-HD channel, you had to switch it off because it would actually make the picture not yeah. as good if you had it, had it turned on. And then the certain motion was all HD. weird. Right, yeah. right. And they got one of those and it was just, you know, at that time, that was like a $2,000 TV or something back in back then numbers. But yeah, I remember thinking, man, this is such a nice TV that I had. It was still like the nicest slash second nicest TV for for a whole year kind of deal. And like it was a 20-inch tube TV. <laughs> yep. And people were like, wow, nice TV. And now it's just like 20 inches is that's the kind of thing you like put in your kitchen for noise. It's just ridiculous how far things have come. Now you have a million pixels and each of them lights up on their own. It it happened in such a short time, it's crazy. I remember when I first got yeah. to Savannah, Georgia, I was gosh, I was 19. And uh I bought my first TV there and it was a, a TV with a, a VHS and a CD player or DVD player. Oh yeah. With the, the, the both. Yeah. So you yep. could, and yeah. it was fancy because it had a DVD player built into it. I it was know. like, that was a big deal. You can watch anything you have on this TV. <laughs> yeah. The epitome yep. of class. <laughs> and, and I think that one might've been like 17 or 20 inches, like something like that. Like it sounds about right. It wasn't a big TV. Yeah. But, but back at the then time you're like, yeah. man, this is amazing. Yep, my yeah. GameCube looked really good on that thing when I set up that GameCube. Yeah, playing that Madden. <laughs> oh, references. I still remember getting my GameCube, plugging in Luigi's Mansion, and my mother being like, wow, look at how <laughs> realistic that is. That's and I remember cool. thinking, you're right, Mom. This is amazing. This is so lifelike. Uh, and, and now we have modern warfare 17 where the guy's beard hairs flow individually in the wind yeah <laughs> that game that game comes complete with downloadable content and downloadable post-traumatic stress it's that real oh right you know i i have i've completely been out of the video game game for a while and and like apparently now most games are downloads yeah right you you buy a system and then you get your membership and then you just buy games, right? I mean, I was still playing when you when you went to buy it. Like in the store, you had a physical disc and they were only just doing like mini games. So I've been out of it for a long time. But yeah, yeah. I play Smash Brothers and Mario Kart with my kids, and that's pretty much the extent nice. of my my console gaming. And then I play obviously that was the epitome of gaming. Let's face it, like yeah. Mario Kart sixty four, and then it just went downhill after that. I don't. Very nicely done. Um, it's still, even, even if it feels like it's gone downhill, um, it's still a lot of fun with a five-year-old, though. Oh. Definitely, definitely a lot of fun with a five-year-old. <laughs> um, yeah, no, cool game. And Smash Brothers is probably my all-time favorite video game. It, Original or Brothers. Melee or, or Just the Brawl brand or... in general. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's Me- good. Melee and Brawl, I think, were probably my two favorites of the whole bunch. But, yeah, but I, think... I think Melee was the best, probably. The original is fun, though. The the problem with the original was they just excuse me didn't get the balance quite right. Yeah. Because I mean, in the original, Pikachu was the strongest. Yep. As it turns out, you're wrong. If you think otherwise, you're just wrong. I'm sorry. You can play really well with other characters, but if you get like pro players, they all play Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah. Melee was probably the one where you had enough balance that you know you didn't have one completely clearly strongest character. Well, the new one, they um, okay. they edit them and balance them like regularly. They have periods oh, of, do of they? changing okay. characters and balance. That makes them, sense. So yeah. 
I actually don't like that though, because then it feels like you know, like oh, oh, this move used to to break this move, and now it doesn't. And like I, sometimes you find that out they're, when they're, you're they're doing something small that changes. worked the last two hundred times. Though. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty small changes for the most part. Usually, the way it works yeah. is they give you new downloadable characters, and you buy them, and they're broken, and then they dial them back after you know a couple of months because people get sick of the, the the ones you can pay for being broken. Right. Kind of like the mobile games. Melee was the one with like Mewtwo and all that stuff and wave dashing, right? Yeah, I think so. Was that okay? I'm just trying to, I can't even remember anymore practically. It was the one on the Wii, right? Melee was the one on the Wii or Brawl? Brawl was on the Wii. Brawl. I think Melee was on on GameCube. Yeah, I'm trying to think of Melee because, yeah, Melee was the one with, with where wave dashing suddenly somehow got found out and ruined the game for half of the players, I think. Not if you played Star Fox, that just made it easier to bust it up. Well, with the reflector shield, you mean? Well, no, I mean he could do it. Or just like, he, he could just you, you could wave dash oh. people with him all, all the way across the board. Yeah, with when you could just keep pickpocketing them essentially and not let them do anything if you did it right. Yep. Wow, we're losers. <laughs> we're nerds. Well, wait, those are two different things. They are. I caught myself. I didn't mean the losers thing. It's kind of like square it. and rectangle. Like all <laughs> no, squares are they're rectangles, a little more different than that. Not all, yeah. not all rectangles are squares. Uh, so like. All nerds are losers, but all, not all losers are nerds. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> correct. Something like that. Dorks. I'm a dork. I'm not a nerd. I'm probably somewhere. No, I'm probably know. a nerd. I think I'm a high-functioning nerd is where I think I am. You know what? I am a nerd because I was actually thinking earlier tonight, like, oh, we should talk about the Fermi paradox. And then I'm like, no, that's a nerd thing. But it's a fun nerd thing. I'm actually listening to a really awesome podcast on black holes right now. It's, oh, really? Uh, oh, it's, it's fantastic. It's Dan Cummings does it, and it's it's he's just freaking brilliant. It's, okay, it's we're awesome. doing this, and we'll try to do it in twenty five minutes or less. So, Fermi paradox. For those of you who don't know, and again, this is me just shooting from the hip, thinking I'm right most of the time. I'll get my point across, but but if the details are wrong, you know, um, I believe the name was the guy's name was Michael Fermi. Maybe um, the story goes that he was some professor or physics guy or something like that or philosopher maybe and he's out to lunch with a couple of his buddies and they get on the topic of aliens do aliens exist and and if they do what would they look like what kind of technology they have blah blah blah. they did this whole thing and supposedly this fermi guy butted into the conversation at one point and said if aliens are real where is everybody and so that became the fermi paradox which is basically if there are aliens they should be advanced enough that we should already know about them but if we don't know about them, then that implies that there are no aliens. So it's the paradox in that it implies that these two things essentially can't exist. That, you know, if they do exist, they should be, there should be at least some sort of alien species advanced enough that we would have met them already. So what got me thinking about that was just like the technology advancement. And then your black holes comment. There's a theory out there that because black holes are a concentration effectively of mass, you know, something so big that that even light gets drawn in from like the gravitational pull that any civilization that has gotten so advanced, one of the things that they've gotten so advanced in is data, computing, like processing kind of stuff like we're doing right now. I mean, we were just talking about how 15 years ago, a flat screen, 30 inch TV was like, oh my God, amazing. And now that's like a literal piece of garbage. So if you get even just enough computing powder, power, data is, it still takes up space. It still takes up mass, takes up energy. And if you get enough of it, it will eventually collapse in on itself. So every civilization that has gotten 
hyper advanced has ended up turned like every black hole is basically a formerly high tech civilization is the is one like sort of theory out there and it's one of those things that's obviously disprovable you can't ever say that it's completely false but it was a fascinating concept to think wow maybe not all black holes are purely natural because it would make sense that if you had something that advanced far enough and any little cataclysm could collapse it on itself and draw it all in that could just be sitting there hanging out or it could be something that they did for a little portal to something else a little shortcut that someone created you know like an overpass but for the universe universal wormhole detours yeah so i like the fermi paradox because i feel like it's a uh lazy man's way to claim that there are no aliens oh they would be here already (laughs) bitch no they wouldn't (laughs) the closest star to us that's that's sun-like is four ish four and a half ish light years away light years so if you were literally an electron and traveling at the speed of light you know faster than anything of any significant mass could travel it would take you four and a half years just to get somewhere that that even remotely has any sort of significance on a cosmic scale i guess if you want to call it that having mass means obviously an infinite amount of energy to even get there but let's pretend you even do all this force field garbage where you're able to like shrink space in front of you like people have theorized and then if you shrunk it enough you could go it's basically warp speed you know when you see warp speed and all the stars you know extend that's the idea is that you're making the actual space you have to travel shorter so you could theoretically go faster than the speed of light let's pretend you went you could go a hundred times the speed of light. You might shoot off in a direction and never see anybody for a hundred years. Even if you went a hundred light years away. I mean, with the observable universe is what? A thousand plus light years away is what they think for just observable. And we know some of the unobservable stuff is just because it's behind other shit. And geometrically speaking, if you're off by two degrees on an angle when you're trying to shoot for something like you know even if you know something might be there and you're like oh it'll probably be here in 85 years when our ship actually reaches there and you're off by two degrees you might be off by a hundred thousand miles if it's however many light years away because of just pure distance so to sit there and say that there's no aliens because they're not here yet come on like really really we are less than a needle in a haystack with That's even true. our solar system, probably. Our solar system is a needle in a haystack for just the Milky Way. And there's how many galaxies? I want to look it up because now I'm I'm triggered. <laughs> Doug triggered himself. <laughs> I triggered myself. <laughs> That's why I love Doug. Uh, because I keep triggering. Okay, no so one pushes buttons on, on Doug like Doug does. I just sit there like poking myself. <laughs> how many known galaxies exist put into Microsoft Bing? It says between 100 billion and 200 billion. That's known gal that's the estimated known galaxies in the universe oh and our our local group is 51 says there are about 51 galaxies in the local group on the order of a hundred thousand in our local supercluster and an estimated 100 billion in all of the observable universe currently the observable universe seems to contain at least two trillion galaxies that's a lot that's a lot a lot yeah so where is everybody they're, they're right there just look up <laughs> they're right there i don't know i i have to i have to believe that if there is an alien species that is capable of reaching our little planet and capable of getting here that they are also probably capable of being undetected while they're here 
And well, my guess is that they would probably check it out before they said hi. And my further guess is that if they checked us out and they saw how racist and discriminatory and fearful and warmongering and downright cruel the human race can be, I don't know why they would want to bother saying hello. Well, I would contend that it would just be probably similar to some of the stuff they've experienced. I mean, it might be like Prometheus where they're just like, oh, you're just a thousand years behind of like whatever evolution yes. societal or otherwise. What would be really funny is um, in the Le- speaking of Disney, Lilo and Stitch. Yep. You you remember the premise for why Earth was protected in that movie? Yes. <laughs> they had to, the mosquitoes it was a, it were was a mosquito pre- <laughs> the mosquito <laughs> preserve. <laughs> I actually prefer I prefer that is like someone's oh. like, oh, some some like high up. Let's just make up an alien species. Gajurgatan executive really, <laughs> really likes wombats. Yep. And so he's like, I just love these little guys. So don't touch this planet, please. I like that. <laughs> I just I, wanna, I, the scene in that movie them. where the mosquito first lands on him, he's like, oh, look, <laughs> there it is. A majestic mosquito. Oh, I think it's about to feed upon me. <laughs> he's just like, yeah. <laughs> It all goes downhill from uh, honored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So exactly. It could be something as stupid as that. <laughs> I mean, if we're a highly advanced civilization, which I'm willing to bet cosmically, let's pretend there are a hundred other alien species out there, which at first glance sounds like a lot. I would think I would contend that's actually not a lot. Cause if you have a hundred billion galaxies, then having a hundred quote intelligent species and us being one of them, that means your chances of having an intelligent species are literally one in a billion for a galaxy. So that's actually pretty low odds, but let's pretend you have a hundred. Seems like a fair amount. Easy number. Yep. Right. So they're not all going to function like us, but let's pretend you actually had one that, that was able to do sort of the space colonization thing. Like let's pretend that even if they're not quote like us socioculturally, they at least have a similar technological arc, even if it looks totally different. Like you start out on your home planet, you start out on telescopes, satellites, space stations, colonies on nearby planets. It, I mean, it took us 2000 years to really start developing most of the known our world so even if things work exponentially the universe gets so big that if we were to eventually colonize our entire solar system i mean hell pluto is like a 200 year space trip away from right now so if you were to colonize that you're probably still looking at another like 10,000 years from now even with some exponential moves to colonize pluto with just us and now again we've just reached the end of our solar system we're still three and a half, four light years away from the next closest star that's even close to us. So you could have a civilization that's literally a billion years ahead of us and they just haven't gotten to us yet. They're still just branching out. And, you know, we've all seen the movies, like who's to say they didn't run into some like random space disease that just completely off to this planet. And everyone's like, okay, guys, don't go there. Just don't. It's certain death. You're not going to find anything there. We, we already got enough data. Just stay away from it. And that would have been the next jumping point to get towards us anyway. So, of course, there's probably something else out there. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change, like, even religiously. I don't think it changes anything for, like, creation or tenets of creation or anything like that. You can still be created in someone's image and likeness and and just have someone else be it, too. I mean, it kind of makes sense. But it's important to realize the Christian church has not always seen it that way. I mean, they oh, were I know literally burning and hanging people for daring to say that, you know, the, the earth was the center of you know, the earth. Why was do not you the center come, of the yellow universe, You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but, but see, it's progress. Yes. So, it is. 
you know, other other alien species, they burned their their couple of, of folks for them fifty thousand years ago. So they're they're just working towards it that we'll get there eventually. Yeah. So that's again my two cents. I, I actually had a conversation with my mother one time about that because my mother is a very in the spirit of Tom's comedy, I'll call her a hardcore Catholic. Ugh, I just made a semi-sexual joke about my mother. Anyway, yeah. moving on. I cut a couple of those out of my routine. Yeah, right. I remember you, you sort of alluded to it. You were like, oh, I had so many jokes playing from my mom. And I was like, bro. <laughs> so many. But, I, remember, um, I remember this one time I was watching porn and my mom walked in. And it was just the worst way to find out she was in that movie. It was just awful. That was terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I almost told that one. I, I'm glad I didn't in hindsight. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Fermi's Paradox, though. It's like, I, I love a yeah. paradox. And I was actually talking very, very, very loose knowledge on my part about it because I just heard about it for the first time a couple of days ago. But I was talking to someone in the office uh, today about Olber's Paradox. And uh, sometimes you get someone's wheels turning. And you can mm-hmm. see in their eyes that you kind of rattle them and change the way they're thinking about things. And it, it was one of those moments. And I was like, man, this is not that serious. And uh, he texted me a couple hours ago. He was like, I'm still fucking thinking about it. I'm talking to my wife about it over dinner. I'm like, okay. Did you say it was Olber's Paradox? Olber's Paradox. I paradox haven't heard of this. Essentially, if, if you're operating Dark under the Night assumption. Dark Sky Paradox. Yeah. If you're operating under the assumption that the universe is infinite, right? That means okay. that there are an infinite number of stars. If you've got infinite space, then there's an infinite number of stars. So if there are an infinite number of stars, we should have starlight hitting our planet from an infinite number of places. Our night sky should be completely lit up and illuminated because it's Mm. being struck by infinite starlight at all times. So why isn't that the case? You know, why do we have that? It's like a Fermi's paradox, but for like day versus night kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting when you start thinking about how they got through this and how they've, you know, the where they finally got with it and that they just, they decided that it's probably just a um, a result of the age of the visible universe. The universe is still expanding and still growing. And they think, you know, that's only been like 12 to 15 billion years that the universe as we know it has been around. And that's just not enough time for the light from all the furthest stars to reach us yet. So that given enough time, the night sky probably would be completely illuminated. But 12 to 15 billion years has not been enough time for that light to traverse that distance yet because the universe is that large. So it's, it's, yeah, man, it just makes you think about how small everything yeah. actually is. Well, cause I heard that the, um, the, the, the other th- sort of theory behind that was with the big bang, which at least, at least for now, it seems that everyone semi agree that something like the big bang happened. There was some an immense explosion, more or less that the explosion was in and of itself faster than light and i mean that that makes sense for something to have enough energy to get as big as the universe it's actually not i don't think it's that big of a logical step to say that things were moving way faster than any sort of light could possibly do and that and i mean you know things are still forming dying whatever else kind of deal so i mean light isn't going to be emitted from everything all at once but but it's a it's a fun theory I mean, that, that could be a whole other discussion, too, because I, I did read a whole book about sort of more or less about the Big Bang. It talked about how even with the math we have, it, the universe still should not have happened, basically. Like it, the, the math says that basically everything should have burned up because of all the friction and everything from from said explosion. They, they said something like they, they think the math said something like there was only a one percent or less chance of things not basically bursting into flames anyway right after the explosion. And then there was also some low percentage chance of what they called they called it the 
So there was that was the smoothest problem where Big Bang happens and for everything to explode just right so that they don't all collide with each other and, and start burning up right away. That's a low chance. But then there was also something called the flatness problem, which was for things to be as spread out as they are, because if everything explodes kind of in one direction, they start crashing into each other anyway, even if they get away from the initial explosion. So both of these things together still make it that mathematically speaking, like it, it shouldn't have happened anyway, even with the Big Bang, it, it shouldn't be this way. I mean, and the only way for it to be this way is that we just happen to be lucky in one of like a hundred Big Bangs that, that just happened to all work out this time. So there's still problems even with the current theory. Yeah, that but could yeah. be that could be a whole episode. I stuff's amazing. I know, I love it. Um, it might have been Aristotle. I'm not sure. Some ancient Greek philosopher, I think it was, he argued that the universe there was no edge of the universe, kind of like the you know the the infinite universe kind of theory. Yeah, and people you know razzed him and said, well it's physical matter. All physical matter has an end. Like there's got to be an edge of the universe, right? And he Is said- Ptolemy maybe? I don't think it was Aristotle. Was it Ptolemy? I don't think it was Aristotle because Aristotle was at least universally was known more for the argument for like a one God kind of thing. I mean, he was basically blaspheming in front of everybody. He, I mean, he called it prime mover. He, I think he tried to dress it up a little bit so that they wouldn't, you know, burn him at the stake. Hmm. But he I had, thought he would have followed more in Plato's footsteps. That's interesting because Plato was very no. Earth. Earth is the center of the universe. That was he. He dug his heels in on that. Like that was Plato's no, thing. no. They actually, they, those are different. So the, yeah. <laughs> another discussion because I, I actually have a mild background of that. But Plato and Aristotle are are actually considered kind of separate, sort of philosophical. Um, they they analyze things differently. So um, Plato is meant to analyze things more. Uh, I guess sort of like emotionally or or viewpoint wise ontologically because plato is the one who talks about the cave and eros and true id and ego and, and superego yeah. right exactly and aristotle is definitely epistemological he's the one who he's been told that he would walk on the beach and categorize animals and rocks and plants and all that okay. so aristotle was more about you have your 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 hard forms like solid liquid gas brown black whatever so you could categorize things whereas plato is more like you know under you know yeah, inner form but uh so aristotle was prime mover but but this this philosopher who said there's no edge of the universe and they said well of course there is and he goes go to the edge of the universe and throw a spear what happens and that was supposedly what he said. He didn't answer the question. He just told these people, tell me what happens when you throw a spear at the edge of the universe. And I think the idea was if it hits something and like falls to the ground, you just hit a wall, which implies there's something beyond the wall or how thick is the wall or is there a way through the wall? Like, you know, so and if it doesn't hit anything, you're not at the edge of the universe. Yep. So you have to keep going and throw the spear again. So. I've always thought of that as that's probably why there's no, well, the edge of the universe, it, it has to be dimensionally speaking. If there if there is anything outside of the universe, quote unquote, then it has to be dimensionally, not spatially. Because otherwise there's just no, you're, you're not getting anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, we got way deeper tonight than we normally get. I, I like this. Oh, I love it. We're talking about heliocentric Greek philosophers. We're talking about the edge of the universe. <laughs> like, this is a good night. It's too bad we didn't have any material. I know. <laughs> well, it's like cool. we said, we, we, oh, here's some things to kind of get us started. And then we'll just talk about random shit for the yeah, last like hour and a half. That's where we went. I didn't even get to make my Cleveland Browns joke. Like, yeah, we just kind of went all the way over. Is it, is it the Browns going to the Super Bowl? No. In the toilet? No, okay. No. It's, it's what my neighbor has in common with the Cleveland Browns. 
he can't even pick up his yard. That's Sorry. not fair. Sorry. That's all okay. That was fair this last week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You could Next make that week. joke about any team, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, Bengals fans. I, I actually feel the worst about Bengals fans right now, more yeah. more than any other team. And I, it's because I worry about them. Well, you know, I mean, they paid Joe Burrow. Like <laughs> that made him the new highest paid player ever. And then, you know, I mean, well, the rain game against the Browns, what are you going to do with a rain game? Potentially, you know, with some of that stuff. But, but they're just, what, are they, they did win one, I think. So they're they one and three, one, right? Yeah. They won the th- yeah. third game of the season, I think. And they, they lost again this week, I believe. Yeah, well, it's not just like paying the man and then and then not winning, but it's also that like he was good. Yeah. I mean, I still remember watching him during, during you know, COVID time and as a rookie. And it was like, yeah, he was really you know, good. he's, yeah, it, there was, it was one of those things where watching him, it was just like, wow, this kid makes some really good throws. Like you only expect him to get better. And so to have this happen. And he's got great weapons. Jamar Chase and, and T Higgins are part, one of, one of the best, you know, wide they should be tandems in the whole NFL. Well, it's and they got Mixon too. I mean, yeah. like, and I know Joe Mixon had all the, I think what he had domestic violence allegations against uh, him because I don't think it was domestic. I think he pulled a gun on somebody and threatened was somebody it? with a firearm. Is if I remember, you're yeah, probably right. I think that's what it was. You're probably right. Those was well, because I, I remember hearing going into that draft that there were only four teams that were even remotely interested and, and the other teams had just locked him out. And I think, I think they said the Browns are one of them, but then the Bengals ended up taking him. And I mean, I read that as he made a mistake because so I, I did find an article that had a bunch of quotes from Mixon after the fact. And I, and I, you know, you never really know, but I was reading some of this stuff and I was like, man, this, this kid actually sounds like he feels bad about it. Like, and he, he actually sounds like he's trying to do something different and look, he hasn't had anything like that. Since he yeah. got in the league, so so that was obviously correct. And he's oh, no, he's he had a, something last year. He did. He had a firearm incident last year. Yeah. Okay. What kind of firearm incident? Um, they were gonna. Suspect. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna act all like oh well no it, you can't be right <laughs> even I feel, though I, I feel I like I'm it was paying attention at all. <laughs> I feel like it was two different ones. I feel like he threatened a woman at a at he did? In a car and he threatened a woman, and then I feel like there was a backyard incident too. April 7th of this year, he was charged with um, aggravated menacing. Wow. I don't know. Joe Mixon's timeline of trouble. Here you go. This sounds like an unbiased article. <laughs> yeah, it sounds real unbiased. <laughs> From 2014 assault to questionable Bengals traffic. Oh, this is, a, this is 2022. <laughs> yeah, but he hasn't kept his nose totally clean. No. no all right, yeah, that's like- fair. Joe Burrow, yeah, I just I, I feel for the guy. Um, up up until Charlie Weiss starts talking about him, I, I really feel bad for him. And then Charlie okay. Weiss starts talking, and I'm just like, what was what was the the Charlie Weiss hot take? Oh, the hot the, take you you texted me and you were like, holy crap, he said something like <laughs> so like so some know, context not, not bland, right? So some context for for those of you tuning in. I try really hard not to not to go out there and criticize people too hardly who are kind of doing a thing and are good at Charlie a thing. Charlie Weiss sucks. But, but Charlie Weiss sucks. Okay, <laughs> like really, I'm, I'm, I'm irritated with Charlie Weiss. I don't know how the hell Tom Brady and Bill Belichick listened to this guy freaking mouth sex up an offensive coordinator microphone and give instructions for years. He, he went to Notre Dame. Instructions. He was just saying what the video said. Yeah. I, I don't know why Notre Dame paid him to make their franchise worse and set them back to set that, that team back I years. Know why. And now he's got a, an SXM radio show 
with someone that I that I like. Yeah, the other guy in the show is very interesting. I don't want to throw names out. But Charlie Weiss gets on. I think it starts at 10 a.m. Maybe it's 9 a.m. It's a two, three-hour show. And for like two months when they came on, I would just shut it off because Charlie Weiss says the most boring, inane, stupid, nothing statements. <laughs> that It just makes me wonder why they're paying him money to be on the radio. But finally, it became such an awful train wreck that now I can't tune it off. Like I, I listen to it and I'm like, what is he going to not say today? And and there were some real winning statements, like talking about uh, Joe Burrow. And he's talking about, oh, you know, a lot of people don't understand uh, when a quarterback's hurt, he, um, he's he got an injury. And, and that injury means he's not going to throw the ball as far because, you know, people don't realize that when you're hurt, you can't throw the ball as far. You can't throw a football the same way as you can when you're not hurt. That's That's what an injury does to you. So uh, Joe Burrow being injured right now means he's he's probably not going to be able to throw the ball as far, and and I think that's that's probably what you're seeing is um you know because he's injured he's he's not throwing the ball so far. He says crap like that for like two hours out of every three hours. The show. next level analysis is defenses are going to key in on this, and they're right. not going to respect the deep ball. <laughs> he doesn't even get that deep ever. <laughs> like I have texted Doug entire like paragraphs of like this is what Charlie Weiss just said. What is wrong with this guy? Why is he getting paid money? Like I've, I've sent quotes and it really, really bothered me. Send them your resume. Um, but but he no, I, not that I would do a much better job. I would just be more interesting, Objective, certainly more energetic. Obtain a job right. Don't say stupid shit like Charlie. I, I, I would at least have some energy. Like there's a podcast I used to really like called Sleep with Me, and it's just this guy talking in a real monotone voice to put you to sleep. And he's reading like old Grimm's <laughs> Brothers fairy tales and old folk tales. But he talks like this. And Goldilocks walks into the hut and finds three bowls of porridge. And and Charlie Weiss sounds like he's trying to do that, except he's 95 freaking years old, so it's worse. But the hot take that he did actually have was um the week that Aaron Rodgers got hurt. He he said the, the following so week. One. Week, what was the week <laughs> after whatever, that? I, take, yeah, yeah. Week two. I, I think it was after their second game. I think it was week one. Well, well, no, that's when Rogers got hurt. Yes, but yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Comment, oh, you mean there's week? Okay, I got. It. I, got it. I think All the right, comment so, yeah. was after week two when when the offensive coordinator came out and Zach Wilson looked awful. And Charlie Weiss's take was, you know what? You should have Aaron Rodgers in that offensive coordinator booth calling the plays to Zach Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers should be calling the entire offense. And I thought that was a really that's good take. Actually, a good take. Yeah, it was kind of spicy, and I was like, wow, I actually have to respect what, what he just said. That's I feel dirty right now. Charlie yeah. Weiss said that. Are you sure? Yeah, it was Charlie Weiss. Yeah, are you sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. He then went on to talk about how he and his wife like to go out to a movie or a dinner once or twice a week because they like to have time together because it's his wife and they like each other and they enjoy going out and they like seeing movies and eating dinner out is fun. So they like to go out once or twice a week to have time together and eat a movie and, and maybe eat at a restaurant to have time together. And, you know, they really like that sort of thing because movies are fun. So he made up for it. Don't worry. Sometimes I start a sentence and I don't even know where it's going. <laughs> It's funny because sometimes he goes off on a rant and they try to reel him in and can't. And they're like, oh, we're going to have a commercial break. <laughs> it's just the funniest damn thing. But yeah, I don't know why he's getting paid money. I really don't. I, I don't get it. Because no matter who you are, you can say four Super Bowl rings and head coach of multiple, excuse me, Division One programs. Yeah. That and there's still always going to be a market for that. Well, and I mean, you know, it's it's stuff like the, you know, Stephen A. and Skip Bayless and all that. Like, I, I used to watch them when I was a little bit younger. And now I hear some of the things they say. I'm like, OK, that was that was a deliberate, like, causing controversy. There, there's yeah. no way yep. 
there I, I can't tell you the exact ones but i remember when i was watching them fairly regularly and i'm like there's no way you believe this because literally two nights ago you said something that logically has to be different it, yes. you, you can't praise this player one week and then claim that he's inhibited by his coach like two days later when they haven't even played another game since then like there's just no way they're just trying to cause you know they're yeah. they're doing clicks Stephen a did that a lot with Kyrie. if you go back and look at his takes on Kyrie mm-hmm. irving it's oh, like really? one day he's lambasting him for not being there for his teammates. And literally two days later, he's talking about how the teammates aren't supporting Kyrie and aren't being good, good support network for him. And then, right. you know, four days later, Kyrie still doesn't show up for a game. And I've had enough of this brother. I, I can't believe what he's doing. And he needs to show up. He needs to be there. And then two yeah. days later, it's the coach's fault because the coach isn't creating a hospitable environment for him. It's like, dude, come on. You just want clothes. Right. You Stephen just need a- to keep talking. Right. He Basically. was great. He did a great radio show in New York and he did his thing and he reached a point where ESPN wanted him. And then he just took that to overdrive. And now he is just all about clicks. And and I respect that. It's it's fine. He's good at it. It's what he's good at. You know, the man is it's like the Kardashians. It. It's like, well, if you hate them, they're winning when you talk about them. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they're doing. True story. <laughs> Charlie Weiss is kicking my ass right now because I feel like I gave him a whole lot of time. But he was already it was going to be hard to catch up to him after that. <laughs> After the Notre Dame contract and then the Kansas contract. Uh, I mean, I I wish. Do I? Yes, I do. I'm trying to sit there and make up that like, oh, my personal pride and my character would totally. If you told me I could get like $10 million a year for the next five years, but everyone would think I was an ass clown. And I would and I right now I'd tell you, no, I would never do that. Oh, sign my, me up. My say like my my respect and personal pride has no real cost. And then or I'd at least tell myself it should be like another zero, you know, at least a hundred million. But no, I I I I totally do it. I would. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I said that before. It's like, oh, well, if you're if if you're making like a hundred K a year, then a million dollars is ten years of that. And fifty million dollars is fifty years of that. Or excuse me, no, sorry, five hundred years. 500 years. I did my math wrong. It's 500. 100K, 50 million, 500 years. Billion. Well, not, I mean, I'm just, well, 50 I thought you million. said 15 million and I had my math wrong. Oh, even 15 million. Okay, fine. That's still 150 years. You yeah. know what that is? That's four generations, kind of, yep. of just pure income. Like, you don't even make any more money off of that. You just yeah. put it in a savings account that's going to last you a lot longer. You get three percent on that. You are good. Would, would I sell myself out for thirty million? Yes, yes, I would. Everybody I has principles. Would, I probably would be in that video with your price. mom. <laughs> probably not. I'd have, put little, you, I'd have put you in that video for less than one hundred and fifty million. That's takes fine. a little bit more to make another hole. I'm just saying because I got medical bills after that, and, and insurance Ther- won't cover therapist bills. <laughs> insurance won't cover those, so I need a little bit extra on both ends. You heard it there. Doug needs a little more on both ends. He's Bring willing it. to do that. Bring it on right down the <laughs> runway. For $150 million. Yep. <laughs> U.S. <laughs> In Soviet Russia. <laughs> oh, gosh. Foreign catches you. Yep. <laughs> All right, I feel like we're I think this is a good time here. for bye, Felicia's. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is it. Yep. So uh, two hours in, and uh, hours I think in. we're good. Uh, next week, you're going to have a baby or are you going to be here? Uh, Well, I, I, I don't really know. Yeah, no, I, you I was going to say. You got to figure this out. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, then, um, yes. We're not allowed to play this by the seat of your pants. <laughs> That's not how this works. Well, we're going to. the So the due date is is the 12th, which is 
what a week from, about a week from now yeah, yeah so a little over a week from now so i mean it doesn't help that the first two the the our first our oldest was two days early but at the last appointment before that it, we we there was zero centimeters dilated so they were kind of we were talking about inducing and then suddenly it's like oh just kidding two days early and then second kid was like three days late two or three days late so it could go either way my guess is we'll probably have one more beforehand but Oh man, if the baby comes in the 12th, you're going to miss the Brown Steelers game on Thursday night football. I'm not going to miss it. I'm kidding. Just like, I'm kidding. It's, just not, like it's not Brown Steelers. <laughs> it's it's a nothing game that you wouldn't want to bother with anyway. It's the I mean, Broncos. there's a bye this there's a bye this week and then the next week is the is San Fran and then yeah. and then oh, so you don't want to watch that one anyway, so that's fine. Yeah, I'll try to watch it. It's a, it'll be just like church. <laughs> you're doing great, honey. Refresh. I'll give you my NFL next login so you can you know, on the low key, you put an earbud in and listen to it and watch it on your phone when she's not looking. Oh, good. We'll hook you up. I'm a bad influence on you. <laughs> I'm a bad influence on everyone around me. It's yeah. Yes, you are. It's about time someone returned the favor. <sighs> yeah, it was kind of dirty. Sorry, Father Christopher. Anyway, check out the link. We're going to put it in the notes, I'm sure. Go watch my YouTube clip. You'll get all the jokes. It's awful, <laughs> but it's fun. Thanks for listening to Two Dads rambling about all kinds of crazy, wacky topics. Late night. Good night. Later.